Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Brother Sister Show, a family owned and operated podcast where two siblings keep in touch by talking about movies. This week, we're talking about Livia's pick, His House. Can you make any more noise? Sorry, <laughs> Please no, with your chair. really noisy. <laughs> no, you're fine. Oh, um, I just couldn't stop laughing, <laughs> laughing at how you you said hi, everybody, like really creepy. We had to change it up. So what's 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 up, Livia? What's new? Um, what have you watched? What have you learned since the last time we were, we were here? I learned a lot about credit scores. Oh yeah. <laughs> I learned that, I mean, not to bring the mood down right from the jump, but I learned that um, if you pay off your loans, like your student loans, that your credit score goes down, <laughs> which Mighty is fun. fucked. Um, but yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't know credit scores were started in 1989. That's that's earth shattering to me. Um I learned something else too that I was like, what the fuck this week? But I can't remember what it is, so it, it like, can't be that important. What have you watched? Um, so I watched, I want to talk about two things because I can't remember like anything else that I watched. Um, because I'm like you, I think me and you have the same problem where I'm like, I, I watched like two things, and then I asked Sebastian and he was like, Well, we watched this and we watched <laughs> we watched an entire show. Yeah. Um <laughs> but I did oh actually I just remembered one. So I watched a movie called Becky. I don't know if you've seen it. I think my dad told me about it a while ago. And I don't really, (laughs) there's not much to say. Like if I'm, I don't want to spoil it, but it's kind of like a revenge movie ish. And the girl and the person that's like, I guess enacting on the, the revenge is a young girl. (laughs) So that's interesting. Um, so that was, it was a, fun movie i guess it was pretty gory but it was fun <laughs> um and then i watched the britney spears documentary the one that's on hulu oh like is it why, <laughs> why? so i kept he- i didn't I, I didn't know it was a thing and then i kept hearing about it because i don't know if you saw the hashtags free britney and all the people talking about britney spears and it's interesting for people that don't um know much about her that all they know about is the tabloids and her music and justin timberlake like all that shit um it's a good check on how people talk about celebrities well i don't know know if that makes sense but it, it showcases really well how how shitty she was treated um Like, if you think about every single touchstone of what you and me have probably known about her, about her shaving her head, about her almost dropping her kid, about all that, how it was framed in a way to villainize her, even though she was like, she shaved her head because she was being used as like a puppet in a machine and she just wanted to shave her head so that she can prove that she was still her own person. And she tripped and almost dropped her baby because the paparazzi was so intensely harassing her that she, she was so scared for her child that she had, she drove with her kid on her lap. That's scary. But okay. But, and she said too, my, I mean, she's country. Her dad was, she said her, my dad always drove with me like that. Mm. And like, I, I, I don't, 
I don't not believe her. And also, like like she said, if you see the video of these paparazzi, the way they're surrounding her cars at all times, yeah, I would be terrified to put my kid into a fucking carrier. Like, she, I don't know how she could have because of how many people are yeah. bothering her. Like, stuff like that or the questions they would ask her. A guy in an interview asked her if she was a virgin. How, like, how is that okay to ask? Like, just shit like that. Or the very first time, I think she was on, like, Star Search or the very first thing she was on. And she was, like, must have been, like, five or something. And um, the question he asked her after she was done singing, five or seven maybe, um, he asked if she had a boyfriend. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah. And so just shit like that, just how it, it was a good, like I said, a self-check on me and how I viewed her. Like I, I used to, I, I guess I would used to think those jokes or make those jokes that she was crazy, but she's <laughs> not like she's, and even if she is, it's none of my fucking business. Like it, it's, or even if she has issues, none of my business, just like, I don't know. It, it brings into question a lot of like celebrity and how, how we treat not just celebrity, but women like famous women. Right. Um, and Justin Timberlake is just an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> he's really a piece of shit because like of everything that happened with the super bowl just reminded like how people always bring him up after like during super bowl um what he did to her like yeah just not a great person i guess so he didn't act in social network i don't think so oh my god wait. <laughs> this is gonna take us down a rabbit hole Do you brought up social down? network no <laughs> not yet i want to wait okay. but i keep seeing tiktoks about a certain star from social oh, network i forgot he was and, in it <laughs> and holy shit if i we have to talk about it okay so <laughs> this is the weirdest beginning to our one of our episodes ever um it is it's, it's a cursed episode it is because we're gonna talk about army hammer so i didn't realize how much of a like, I think I saw something I said that his career was going down a free fall right now. I didn't realize how much of that was true until I saw certain TikToks. There's certain news now that comes out where I just avoid it. I'm like, I don't want to know. <laughs> and the whole cannibal shit, I didn't really, I just heard something about it. I didn't know too much. I um, mean, I thought it was kind of, people were like making fun. It was like another thing where people were kind of making fun of it. Um, I, I saw then, some of the DMs that were like, yeah. supposedly ones that he's saying it's pretty it's pretty weird stuff it's pretty weird but the, i think another thing i didn't realize on top of the weird shit which a lot of people were making fun of but i think it ha also had to do a lot of like he he likes kinky shit but he's also really he's not um somebody that takes into account people's consent which is an issue obviously and so that is one thing that's not funny and made me like made my stomach turn a little bit um but then I think the stuff's like kind of died down, especially because of like the GameStop news, which I don't, I mean, that is insane. I learned more about that this week too. Um, but then there's new rumors coming out that something big is going to happen with Army Hammer. And you called me in a news... frantic yesterday. You were sweating. <laughs> I didn't call you for that, did I? <laughs> but, mm -hmm. <laughs> but holy shit. I, I don't know if I, because I don't want to like... We'll just wait until something until something happens. All I know, and all I've heard on TikTok, and on not <laughs> just on TikTok, because people are like, 
girl, you get your news from TikTok. I've seen like on other places too, on other outlets. That- Buzzfeed, the Onion. <laughs> the Onion, yes. That people, um, well, also if you just infer from the news, I mean, his publicist and his agent dropped him. That's pretty wild. Especially to like a degree of actor that wasn't he nominated for an award or something? Like I don't, either way, he's like he's in stuff. He? He's he's an working actor. He's very famous. And for them to just suddenly drop him, even I think he was when somebody brought up something about like I don't know, if you just look at the past of who of like publicists and agents who they tend to drop, it's usually it has to be bad. Like even I mean, with even with certain like sexual assault um allegations, they still keep their team. But these dropped like very recently and well, very I mean, suddenly. Like his team must have looked at whatever was in their face and like for a I'm publicist out. to look at that and be like, "There's no fucking way I'm going to be a part of this." That's that's like you see no way out. There's or, no and my next at the thing end of would be tunnel. like, oh, there's no money. Like maybe he lost his money, but there's that's not true either because he he it's not only he he's not only independently wealthy, but he comes from a, a wealthy family, like a wealthy yeah. wealthy family, which also adds on to the the lore of what I think is what I think he's being going to be accused of is probably true because he's very rich and he's he has always been very rich, and there's a certain stereotype for people that are very rich. And I'll leave it at that. <laughs> but wow. I, I'm going to be putting, I'm going to have my ear to the ground on certain true crime podcasts. We're going to hear about certain stuff. I think. Did someone say army hammer? <laughs> I, it'll be crazy. Wow. That I oh, was, I, was I talking to you when I said, Oh, I think that was the earth shattering thing that I was mentioning earlier. Cause I told you, like <laughs> I joked, like if the, whenever, it, if, if what I think will come out is going to come out, we have to like postpone the podcast. For a week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cause I would be so absolutely shook. I mean, I mean, now I'm prepping myself, so I think I'll be fine, but like, <laughs> no, that's just, insane yeah. though. We'll see. I mean, that'll be a that'll be a movie news segment that will take up the whole podcast. Man, oh man. Okay, but the Britney Spears doc. Anyways, it was good. Um, if you want to learn more about her, she's under a really shady conservatorship, and also just conservatorships are shady within themselves. And you learn more about that. Um, yeah, and free Britney. This is a free Britney podcast. Credit free, free Britney podcast. Um, I like it. And then I watched, I don't know if I talked about this special, um, but I watched a special called In and of Itself on Hulu. I watched it once and it moved me enough to where I (laughs) now. So Sebastian lives with me now and I told him, so I think something that's going to happen every Friday is that I'm going to give him options to what we can watch that night. (laughs) He has to pick one. And he said, okay, I know. And I said, okay, so the options are a promising young woman in and of itself. And I forgot what the third one was. Oh, a movie that I saw on Netflix called what happened to Monday, which actually Uh, was pretty, was, I thought I I put it on because I thought it'd be like a shitty action movie, but it was pretty good. So it surprised me. Um, And he chose in and of itself. And I can't, I don't, that's another one too, where I don't want to give anything away. I will say it's, it made me like ugly cry both times I watched it. 
<laughs> it's oh very my gosh. good. It's it's a uh... ugly cry. Yeah. Only the secret life of Walter Mitty makes me do that. Oh, did I show you my new book? <laughs> yeah, the the binging with Babish. Yes, and it has. I said a joke in the in the family group chat. No one said anything because it wasn't funny. <laughs> <laughs> I figured, you but want me to tell you, um, Sebastian and I are gonna make a recipe from it each week. It's the it's the pie, right? The orange or one? cake? Yeah, mm-hmm, it's in there from Secret Life. And I, I think the first one is going to be, we're going to go in order and there's certain ones we're not going to make cause they're like too crazy or they're gross. Um, but we're making the Turkey burger that Chris Traeger made in parks and rec. Oh. <laughs> that has a lot of shit in it. And I don't really like round Turkey, so we'll see how it goes. That has a lot of cool stuff. Ratatouille. Of course it does. Yes. Okay. I'm going to try to, I don't, I probably, maybe this will be something that I put, I want to post about it every time we make it. Um, do it. I'm trying to think if I'll do it on my person. Maybe I'll do it on my personal and the brother sister show. Did you post about the website? Not yet. Oh. Maybe I'll do it right after this because I wanted to see what your. I don't know what caption. You're the caption person for stuff. Oh, like I this. had one. I thought. Uh, okay. But we'll post right. it. Well, by the time where this comes out, it'll be out, so we can talk about it. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, but people know that you that I don't know if people think people know that it's live though. But uh I tell people on stream. There you go. But it'll be announced and, and I'm excited. It. Yeah, it should be cool. Do you want to talk That's about it? it right now or do you want to uh, I mean go brothersistershow.com. Uh there's a home page which has our latest episodes and about page which has more information on us individually. An episodes page uh, where you can, oh, first you can filter by all of the episodes, episodes that I've picked the movies for, ones Livia's picked for, or the ones that have our guest appearances. So that's really cool. And you can like search through those. And then finally we have a contact page where you could just fill it out, give us any feedback uh, maybe tell some us bugs your credit score. <laughs> yeah, tell us your credit score, <laughs> social, the credit card information, so we can make sure that your credit line is okay. Ooh, tell us your theories on Ar- Army Hammer. Yes, please. Um, and it has like all of our stuff: our Spotify, mm-hmm. our Discord, Instagram. It's our one-stop shop for everything. So <laughs> go check it out. I worked a lot on it. All right, other so, than that, what have you been watching? Well, uh, let me make you write a list. <laughs> yeah, right before the podcast, I was like, mm-hmm. what did we watch? Did we watch anything? No, right? She's like, we watched a ton listed stuff. Uh, least important first, we watched Super Bowl, like half of it. Eh, whatever. <laughs> yeah, who cares? <clears throat> um, uh, right now, we, we were watching uh, Community. We watched the paintball episode, the Western slash Star Wars one. Classic. That show is amazing. Uh, we also finished One Day at a Time. Very sad. Did you cry? No. No. Okay. <laughs> it did change, though. It, like, it got a little worse when it moved to Pop TV because Netflix that. canceled it. Then it went out of Pop TV, went 
in the pooper. Uh, and I think CBS is shopping it around. So Still? hopefully something will happen. Yeah. That show is never going to die. <laughs> uh then well there's there's uh, a big thing that hit last friday wandavision we watched wandavision and uh yesterday we watched age of ultron because kayla wanted to watch because it's kind of you know that's when quicksilver dies and spoiler i guess for you too livia you gonna watch wandavision no so, this is like the TikTok I saw where the it's like a a guy explaining to his girlfriend why the last episode of WandaVision is so important. Oh, the what I, I think I you actually showed it to me where he was writing on a whiteboard, right? And I, I told him that's Anthony that trying to explain yeah. me what the fuck is going on. So, in the last episode of WandaVision, as I said, spoiler, uh Evan Peters shows up. Mm-hmm who is Quicksilver and the X-Men like universe, right? With Wolverine, Magneto. Which Imagine is still having in- the option of Evan Peters. Uh, maybe, okay, this is another thing that people are going to probably get mad at us for or mad at me for. Imagine having the option of Aaron, was it Aaron Taylor Johnson? Is Johnson. That or Evan Peters and choosing Evan Peters. What? Sorry, go on. <laughs> I mean, I like Evan Peters' Quicksilver a lot more. It's just a lot more fun. The other one's and hotter though. <laughs> especially, especially watching Age of Ultron. Yeah. Like he's just Quicksilver in that movie is just wow, what are you doing? You're fast. I get he he's he's young, he doesn't really know his powers, but whatever. Anyways, this this is the moment we'll look back and be like, this is when the multiverse started. This is it. I mean, you could argue it started earlier, but is that how, when they say that, is that how, that that's how they're going to justify X-Men joining and then Fantastic Four? That's a lot of theories, yeah. There's a, there's a, a line in the, in the latest episode where, I forgot her name, the detective says, like, oh, I, I know an astro. Or a, oh, and it's Mr. What's-His-Face. Reed Richards. I know, but then I saw that and they were like, and you see the four in the background. It's like the Fantastic Four. And I was like, okay, that's oh, that's too much. That's, that's a yes. little much. <laughs> but I, I feel like this is this is is a that episode was the start of something. So I, I WandaVision's all right. I'll give it something. I'm glad I made you excited. Yeah, I mean the the possibilities are endless. Where does Tommy McGuire fit into all of this? Oh, I just saw Tom Holland was like, no, nah, they're not going to be in it. Okay, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's just because he's like infamous, infamous for like spoiling a bunch of stuff. And they always say that shit. Who cares? I mean. Yeah. Oh, I also saw, this is a long time ago, that Willem Dafoe was seen like in the area of, or if not on set, I think. Okay. That's the only thing I care about. If I, if we, if I see that Spider-Man movie and he pops up, I'm going to cry. <laughs> Don't tell Harry. Wait, but how would he? I don't know. I don't know. God, get some gears him. turning. I see him. I see yeah. him turning. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, truly, I would if, if they hired, they would never. But if they would ever hire me to be a writer in one of those movies, I'd be like, okay. But like, can we find a way with all this nerd shit? Can somebody find a way to put Willem Dafoe in this movie? <laughs> Please, I mean, uh, for the love of God. Can I find a way? 
He was in that What Happened to Monday movie. I, you should watch Anthony. I think you'd like it. It's like sci-fi. Kayla, Kayla saw it. It's like the the siblings, only yeah. one of them. Yeah. Eh. That's pretty Maybe. good. I think that's it. All right. So I want to end before we go to the break. This is going to be a long half, but um, we need to talk about, I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the Golden Globe nominees. I haven't seen any of them. <laughs> is it rough? It's rough. Um, do you want to do? Do you want me to read you some? Yeah, read me. Do you want? Do you care about? Well, first of all, the television ones. Have you heard of the show Emily in Paris? Yeah, that was nominated. Why? I don't know. I, I've like, I when it first came out, I heard a bunch about it, but I never and how bad it is, right? Yeah. So Lily Collins is nominated for it. Um, it's like all the same people, except that was like bad. It's out there. Um, yeah, Ozark. I'm trying yeah. to think of like the really bad ones. Um, I can do the best. So best television series drama is The Crown, Lovecraft Country, The Mandalorian, oh. Ozark, and Ratchet. Um, best limited series or motion picture made for television, Normal People, The Queen's Gambit, Small Axe, The Undoing, and Unorthodox. I feel like Queen's Gambit's going to win, and that makes me upset. Maybe, I don't know. It makes me upset that everybody is talking about this, but um, I don't, you probably haven't seen it, but I May Destroy You on HBO Max was probably was the best show to come out this year, and it got absolutely nothing. And I'm... that I. I was distraught that morning. I was so fucking upset. We have um, a new, like at work, we have different like interest groups and somebody made a, a, made the mistake of adding me to the movies and TV one. And my God, it was so bad. Uh, there's worse ones. Okay. So best television series, musical or comedy, Emily in Paris. I'm going to throw up the flight attendant Shits Creek, the gray and Ted Lasso. Don't what? know what any of those are. Um, for film, for music, best motion picture, musical, or comedy, Borat subsequent movie film, Hamilton. <laughs> Hamilton. Okay. Hamilton okay. is not a movie. <laughs> Hamilton is not a movie. You Plus, can isn't it like that. four hours long? It's not a movie because it's yeah, Cause it's a play. You can't you can't just film it and say it's a movie. Hamilton is not a movie. Okay, music, which is um, Sia just professing how much she hates autistic people. Um, Palm Springs and The Prom. The Prom? Palm Springs. Palm Springs is good. Well, music, okay, we haven't got into this, but Sia made a movie about a nonverbal autistic woman or girl, and she cast somebody that is not autistic, and... She and P- she got into fights with actual autistic actors on Twitter about it and said that she she did that. The girl, Maddie Ziegler, the one that she always has in like music videos, she cast her as the main person in the movie. And she so she argued with people. And what else did she do? She did. She uh, she had an interview where the interviewer compared autistic people to um, a wig because they're nonverbal. So she said that they're like wigs and and Sia was like yeah and then oh and then people were like why did you not hire if you're going to make a movie about a nonverbal autistic woman hire an actor that is nonverbal and autistic and she said that she tried to do that and she did hire somebody but then 
the environment was too stressful for them. So she had to hire um an what neurotypical actor. But and she, people were like, okay, <laughs> then you don't care about autistic people. Yeah, she, <laughs> Why are you gonna make a movie them. about an autistic person if you're not gonna make the environment yeah. feasible to have an autistic person ah. in the movie? So yeah, so that movie is nominated for best um motion picture. The prom is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Best motion picture drama, The Father, Mank, Nomad, Nomadland, Promising Young Woman, and The Trial of the Chicago Seven. Um, hmm. Sasha Baron Cohen's going off. He's in that yeah. one, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and then just another egregious thing. Um, an A24 film called Minari was nominated, but it was nominated for Best Motion Picture Foreign Language. Um, it's an American film, <laughs> what the but hell? It, I think most of the, it, most of it's not in English. So I guess they were like, no, it says next to it, USA, but okay. USA. Um, yeah. There was other stuff too. I'm glad Lovecraft country. James Corden was nominated for best for county best actor. And what? The prom cats. Oh, Oh, the oh, cats would have been amazing. And then <laughs> Lynn Manuel Miranda for Hamilton, the musical, the play, not the movie. Wow. <gasps> oh, wait. Best motion picture animated. I didn't even see this one. The Crudes, A New Age. I didn't even know no they made a new that. Crudes. <laughs> no one saw that. Onward, Over the Moon, Soul, and Wolf, Wolf Walkers. If Onward wins that and not Soul. <sighs> Well, that would we suck. Have Chris Pratt to blame. Um, Chadwick Boseman was nominated for um, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. I haven't seen that. Me neither. But I heard he was really good in it. Um, Riz Ahmed was nominated for The Sound of Metal. Hey, that's good. And I think he was good in that. He was very good in it. Yeah, I don't. I mean, rest of it. Could couldn't give any more of shit. Oh, Andy Samberg was nominated too. I'm just going through these. Oh, Best Original Score, uh, Tenet was nominated. <laughs> well, it, it should be because that's all I could fucking hear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It just oh <laughs> Jared Leto was nominated for the little things. Oh, oh, really? Leslie Odom Jr. was nominated for One Night Miami, but I think he was the only one. Oh no, that's not true. Wait, Jared um, Leto is in Little Things? <laughs> apparently only, only mom told me it. that i was dumb <laughs> only so. mom i called it well yeah it's it's just a shit show as you can tell wow yep i'm glad i didn't see any of those nominations oh yeah it ruined my day and it made me even it made me terrified for the Oscars because I, I always complain about these award shows. I know I complain about them and I know people are probably like, just don't watch them, but I can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to watch them and I'm going to complain. Well, the Oscars, like who? Whoa. I'm so scared. <laughs> well, Jared Leto is going to win another fucking Oscar and I'm going to lose my shit. I saw a tweet that was like, who decided that Jared Leto was a good character actor? Like who, who told him that? I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> Who's That's letting funny. him get away with that? He's really not that good. I, I, oh my God. I did just, you see the new Joker 
still. Yeah. He, yeah. He's, you know the way I'm sitting right now? That's literally how he's <laughs> It looks gross. He just like took a shower. He, he'd look like he just took the same. And no wonder you were confused because he just looks like the guy from The Little Things or A Little Thing. Also, stupid name for a movie. <laughs> the Little Things? Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm just sorry. I'm like, I feel like I'm just angry this episode. There's so many, there's so many things to be angry with in the, in the industry. <laughs> but wow. Oh, I didn't even send you that clip where I think Variety does an actors on actors thing where actors like interview each other. And Jared Leto was in it and John David Washington interviewed or they like were interviewing each other. And he was like, <laughs> I should have said this to you, but there's a clip where he was like, I never even met Mr. Washington. And John David was like, what? <laughs> he was like, <laughs> basically, he said, he said that I don't do rehearsal. Usually, I don't. There's no time. Which also, first of all, what is he doing that he can't go to? Like, After the first take, that's when you're acting. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm, I was, I was going to say I'm doing a Matthew McConaughey. They have the same vibe, I think. They would like. And Jared Leto. Jared Leto yeah. is just a emo. I feel like they could <laughs> Matthew McConaughey. They could just get into a room with each other and not say a word, but, <laughs> but would, like, have a fully conversation. Yeah, a full like, conversation. And then no, like after 30 minutes, Matthew McConaughey would be like, "Hey, man," and they just leave. <laughs> All right, all right, all right. But he was like, yeah, I, I just, so I just started, you know, and then I guess he, he said he was in character the whole time, so he never met him. Can you imagine? Well, I never, I, we, I never met Denzel Washington. Well, weren't you on a set with him for like. That wasn't me. For like a month. It wasn't me. <laughs> I couldn't tell you a damn thing. <laughs> That's rough. <laughs> Uh, can you imagine I bet whenever somebody like I bet when Denzel like signed on to be in this movie they were like okay but Jared Leto is going to be the <laughs> he's, like, he's like god fucking damn it you're lucky I need this paycheck <sighs> it, he's the one who was like yeah I, j- I just came back from the desert what's happening in the world <laughs> <laughs> what the hell was that <laughs> man this pandemic has been happening? so long <laughs> I'm losing my mind. New phone, who this? If you just, if you play, we should do a double feature of the episode that we had this week last year and then this one. And it's probably, this one is probably so much more unhinged. Oh, yeah. Talking about Army Hammer, the rumors that he, <laughs> that he just murdered people. <laughs> I'll just say it. I, I saw a, uh, it's funny. I saw a uh, a YouTube video where it was like, "How would you survive? Would you rather?" Or like, "How to survive? Would you rather?" That movie. Yeah. Do you remember like the premise Why? of that movie? Yeah, but what? Where is this coming from? <laughs> so in the movie, <laughs> it's a rich guy who's like paying people to play his game. Would you rather? I, I've seen the movie, but like, where? How did? What did this? It's Army Hammer. <laughs> the guy that's wad that's paying them. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just take his character from uh, Sorry to Bother You. Put it in that movie, the same guy. I've never seen that. Oh, my God. Do you need to watch it? Because I think that's him. Oh, no, I have seen it. Okay. Okay, yes. Okay. (laughs) That's exactly him. He didn't have to reach for that. He was like, I didn't even even meet (laughs) Lakeith (laughs) Stanfield. 
<laughs> I don't even meet Mr. Stanfield. Amen. <laughs> Man, we gotta end this this part. It's gonna be. It's How long so, is I'm it not. Good? I'm, it's been 40 minutes. I'm not going to cut any of it, though. <laughs> I'm not going to cut it. Oh, man. We, we need a raw episode, you know? Last one Did was we? really long. The next one's going to be really short, though. Do you promise? Yeah. <laughs> Unless this news comes out. Should I cut it? I don't know. I would say cut the credit stuff. That was weird. Credit credit stuff. Oh, okay. In the very beginning, <laughs> just cut that. I'm going to leave this in so they, they don't know what we're talking about, but yeah. <laughs> um, Anthony and I went on a full, we, we checked his credit, we did the full report, and we just read it verbatim. Credit Karma? Not sponsored. <laughs> yeah, man. But if you check it, it doesn't lower your credit score. <laughs> Are you okay? It's <laughs> cursed. Let's end this. <laughs> okay. We'll be back after this. <laughs> A refugee couple makes a harrowing escape from war-torn South Sudan, but then they struggle to adjust to their new life in English town that has an evil lurking beneath the surface in his house. Directed and written by Remy Weeks, story by Felicity Evans and Toby Vinables, starring Shopei Durisu, Wunmi Musaku, and Malaika Wakoli Abijaba. Nailed it. As for the monies, we don't have those numbers because it was released on Netflix very recently. Mm -hmm. So. Deal with it. Yeah, deal with that. Um, As for how the critics received it, a 6.5 out of 10 on IMDb, 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, and 72% on Metacritic. These figures are as... Oh, no, no, I was going to say our, uh, as of the recording date, could change. How? <laughs> How? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> you okay? <laughs> it's a cursed episode. Didn't it's we weird. say that last time? Yeah, but that one wasn't as weird. <laughs> yeah, this one's kind of weird. But let's go with it. Maybe there's a witch that's cursing this episode. Ooh, spoiler. I, I mean, your corner's kind of kind of dark. <laughs> the closet door's open. <laughs> Who knows? And and the like angle is very like creep, uh, Blair Witch Project ish. We could be an unfriended Zoom <laughs> Zoom Watch- call. Sebastian, I should have Sebastian just like stand in the corner, just facing <laughs> Blair Witch style. <laughs> Producer Sebastian back there, <laughs> checking the levels. <laughs> All right, let's get started. <laughs> we start. So we start in Sudan. Um, we have a family that is at the center of this film. Um, they start in a car or a truck, the back of a truck, and then we see them in a boat. But they fall out. It's very dramatic. Everybody is in the boat, like fell off, or I, I don't know exactly what happened. I guess the boat sank. I don't know. <laughs> During a storm, yeah. Yeah. But it turns out it's a dream. It's um a dream of one of our main characters, Bull. It's I think it's 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 B O L. I think they say Bull, right? Mm-hmm. And then his wife, Rial. 
And they're a couple that are just escaped South Sudan. They're in a detention center. Um, and then one day they're told that they're being released on bail as asylum seekers, which is a wild phrase to say <coughs> that they're asylum seekers, but they're released on bail. Um, and so they have to live under a bunch of conditions that they have to agree to. And it's just, it's such a strange thing to me that they have to convince people that they're a good person Yeah, when they just fled what looks like such horrific conditions. Um, and they, they seem so excited to be, to be let out, you know, like they're like these people that are in the council or whatever are doing a good deed when it's like, they're still have like living under all these conditions where they're like, you can't earn extra money. You can't do this. You can't do like so much fucking things that they can't do. The bare minimum. Exactly. And it's like, it's messed up. Because <laughs> they only get like 79 pounds a month or something like that, right? Yeah. And I don't know how much that translates to. Not a lot. Yeah. But I do want to talk about how this isn't, I mean, this is a movie. Obviously it has actors yeah. in it. It's not completely real but the situation that they're in is very real so since december 2013 brutal conflict in south sudan has claimed thousands of lives and driven nearly four million people from their homes there are currently 4.3 million displaced people from south sudan including refugees idps and asylum seekers of those refugees 63 percent of them are children that is a staggering percentage I know. And it's a staggering amount of people. I mean, 63% is a big number, but 63% of 4 million people is a lot of children. And who knows the kind of shit. I mean, just this movie shows you the kind of shit they went through and the the stuff that they, just because they're seeking asylum in a new country does not mean that they're free from what happened to them. And it does not mean that they're free from the assholes that live in other countries. So, Plus, it's just like one scenario. (laughs) It's what? It's only one scenario, like the movie yeah, that we see. Exactly. Can't even imagine the different stories for the rest of people that have gone through this and are will go through this, have gone through this. Yeah, it's, it's wild. And I do want to remind people that this isn't, I mean, <clears throat> sometimes you can separate it, especially because, you know, they have different accents, especially the people that they, they go to English town. So it feels very separate from where we are, but mm-hmm. we still do have asylum seekers coming to America. So this is not something that we're, um, you know, taken like too far separated from. So just have that point of view. Um, and I also want to make note that one guy in the detention center, um, that before they left, one of the other people from Sudan, that was, I guess he was like their roommate or something. He said, uh, don't give your hopes up because I forgot exactly what he said. I know he said that. And I think he said something about how, um, whatever they're giving you is still not yours. Like it's still, they still own it. So Mm -hmm. do not get your hopes up, which is at first I'm like annoyed, obviously. And they kind of ignore him, but like, he's got a point. Um, (laughs) so they arrive to their new home and it has even more rules. Like he just lists off all the shit that they cannot do. And the house itself is a shithole. And what's worse, if anything actually can be worse, is the fact that they have to fix it up themselves. So when they walk in, the door, it just falls off. And he's like, so you can go to a hardware store and just get shit to fix that. (laughs) Yeah. And they're just like, and it's, it's so sad because they look, they look so happy. I mean, Bull is like, 
he is beaming. He's so excited that it's this is their house. And I think Rial keeps asking, like, this is our like this entire place is just for us. And he's like, yeah. And that that bothered me. Not the fact that it's so big, but the the social worker, whatever his name was, Mark. He's like, this is bigger than my place. You guys have a bigger place. Like, like that helps. I guess that makes them feel better. They bring it up a lot too. And they do tell them that it's not, it's rare for only one family to be living there. So it is a big place, but it's the reason that it's so run down is because they stuff a bunch of people in there. Yeah. It's, it's a rough, uh, like pizza box with all those little bugs. Gross. Disgusting. Yeah. It's a nightmare. Um, but for Bull and Real, they're very they're to uh, they're very grateful for it and they're very happy to be there. Yeah. Even when the shitty social worker, I don't want to, I don't know if he's a social worker. We're, sorry, yeah, I'm going to call him that. I don't want to like big give social workers a bad rap. But Mark, I know his name was Mark. Mark, oh god, the worst name. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> well, Mark, I think he says to them, which ugh, made me like shake my head. He said, "Just be one of the good ones." Oh, Sir, how about you be one of the good ones? What do you mean? Yeah, what the hell? <sighs> okay, so <clears throat> after that, let's talk about <clears throat> the first thing that scared me so much when I first watched this movie that it made me pause and say, "Okay, we need to talk about this on the on the podcast." I knew <clears throat> from the first moment that this was a special movie, and I was like, "We gotta wait." Um, so Bull has a rough first night there. Um, the sounds in outside are, are loud enough to induce what seems like PTSD. Like he hears shouting and he just like gets really overwhelmed by it. Yeah. Um, and after that, he hears a bunch of strange noises in the wall, not in the hall, in the fucking wall. Um, and he checks out what ends up being bats. Um, but then when he's looking at it, a mangled body of a child is behind him. I my notes. You read my notes? I don't. That must have autocorrected because I don't know what the fuck that is. Um, and then of a tongue boy. <laughs> I maybe I try to write the because it was the. See, I told you I did put the daughter's name. I probably because I fucking didn't spell it right, but it must have been. Uh, yeah, I must have put her name, but I don't know. It was very creepy, though. Yeah, it was like. Ugh scary and it scared the shit out of me and i was like okay we gotta wait um and then i appear in the movie um (laughs) this woman is looking out of the i think their neighbor is looking out of a window in a pink robe petting her cat ominously and i was like smoking yeah that creepy bitch that's just nosy (laughs) as hell that's me um and the next night bull hears something in the walls again this time the wallpaper just peels off um but bull doesn't like that surprise and honestly neither do i because those walls look shitty as hell he's like oh yeah it's like a perfect peel too (laughs) he's just watching it like okay um and then he pulls the rookie mistake of just pulling the wires that are exposed um that he shouldn't because the power instantly goes out as soon as he pulls them. I don't and know he what he pulls- was thinking. <laughs> Maybe. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Especially because it, it was obviously exposed wires. He could have killed himself. Um, <clears throat> and then he pulls it even more. It turns into rope that has seaweed hanging from it. 
um, reminiscent of the boat incident. Obviously, that's something that's hanging over them. Um, And then he pulls it. He keeps pulling it. I think there's like a doll wrapped in it. Uh And then somebody or something pulls the rope back and it scared the shit out of me. And I do (laughs) want to talk about the camera work in this movie. And I think Mm. overall it's really good. But there was this one instance where I was like, holy shit, where... He is pulling, I think he's like pulling the rope or something. He hears something behind him and he looks and instead of looking at it, or instead of us, like us seeing him turn around, he, we, the camera looks like it turns around for us and it scared the shit out of me. Not because (laughs) anything was like showing, but it made me so unsettled because just imagine like something scary happening in a movie and you're put in the point of view of the character. That's so unsettling. And just that one notion, like motion of that, just, I loved it so much, but it made me so scared. <laughs> I haven't seen that in a lot of movies. I know why. I mean, I've, I know I've seen it before, Yeah, but, and especially like, usually when movies do that, I feel like a lesser filmmaker would just do it a lot because it's kind of, it could turn very gimmicky, but I love that. I, f- I think that's the only instance that that was used. So it was very effective where it was very jarring. It's, 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 I've, I'm having, I guess deja vu, but talking about this exactly with insidious. I think so. Yeah. With that jump scare where he's like right over your shoulder, like the exact same <laughs> Yeah. And it's the thing that's upsetting, at least with Insidious, if I was a horror filmmaker, and I guess if I ever wanted to make one, I'd be so, I would be furious after seeing that. Because I'd be like, I can't ever fucking, that's the, that's a genius scare. And I could never do that. Because then people are going to be like, you just copying what Insidious did. Yeah. I don't think, I don't know if this movie was to that level, but that... I, I can picture somebody making a film being like, God fucking damn it. That's amazing. And I can never do it because people are always going to think it's derivative, maybe in like 20 years. But I mean, everything's derivative. But that is that would be blatant. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like this, that's something so original and so good that there's no way you can replicate it ever. <laughs> do you see what I mean, though? That's That's the goal. I know. And that's what makes me, that would make me so angry. <laughs> that's Whoa. like when you hear, I don't know if you hear this a lot, but when you like listen to interviews where, um, like for instance, for Fleabag, like a lot of writers, when I hear interviews, they're like, what's the favorite thing that you watch this year? And they're like Fleabag. And it made me so angry when I watched it. It's <laughs> so good. And it's so like, there's no way I can ever do that. It just makes you so angry that you can never, like if I listen to a podcast that talks about this movie and they do it better, I'd be pissed. <laughs> But it all they'd have to do is <laughs> all they'd have to do is not talk about Army Hammer. <laughs> like we set the bar really low. Exactly. Or Jared Leto. Just never mention Jared Leto. Never say Christopher Nolan's name. Like in that's, one episode, and then that's a perfect play. podcast. <laughs> well, we'll never get to that status, and I don't want to be a part of it. No, I would nothing to do with it. All right, <laughs> and okay, so <laughs> back to the movie. So. It is, it's very heartbreaking to me that this, that in the house that is so shitty, that is like, it, the wallpaper is fucking peeling off by itself, that they still want to make it home. Like the next morning, Bull is still, he's still trying to have a new start. And no matter where they go, they're still reminded what they ran from because all of the things that are haunting them is from the boat or it's from 
um, their daughter. It's it's like all these things that are still like hanging over them. And I mean, I guess when I wrote that, I was like, this is, I'm just talking about the movie, but that's what good movies do where you're just talking about the movie, but I'm actually talking about grief and about survivor's guilt. Like the movie makes you think of those things in different ways. And I love it's it. It's so good. Cause it's like, <laughs> I've never gone through that. And it, it, I didn't realize that this movie was doing that until it was like almost too late, you know? Exactly. I, I, just, I we'll talk about it a little bit later, but a lot of, I think a lot of great horror movies are doing that now. Yeah. Talking about real things. Scariest things are real. Not in like a luxury way where they make you experience it. But I I do talk, I have little notes about this, but yes. All right. So after this, um, Rial is trying to find her way to the doctor and she gets lost. Um, And she runs into a bunch of asshole children. I fucking hate teens. I just want to say that right now. And she finds, but she finally finds a way to the doctor, but I just want to say that teens suck. Um, <laughs> Cause they tell her like to go back to Africa. Ugh. And like to, I mean, kids suck, but they don't know. The thing that, that makes me so mad is that they don't know the gravity of what they told her because yeah. she is like, because if it's not just like of the circumstances of her having to leave her home, but I mean, like I said, it's a great commentary on that where people are like, especially in this country now, when people say shit like that, it's you don't not know what they've been through. Exactly. And you, you could be triggering so many things that you don't even know of. <sighs> okay. I also wanted to take a moment to talk about this very cringy conversation that Rial has with, with her doctor. <laughs> um, and so let's talk about traditional scarification. Um, and as the doctor, 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 doctor awkwardly asks Rial about, she like tells, she like compliments her scars, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is just research. I don't know too much about this. So this is what I found by just Googling stuff. Um, facial scarification is practiced among many ethnic groups in South Sudan and various marks across the faces of tribesmen given give identity to the tribe and beauty to its women. Men of the Dinka tribe in South Sudan scar their faces with three parallel lines across the forehead in a rugged display of courage to the tribe. The marking is common as initiation pattern to parenthood. The Nuer, N-U-E-R, um, I think that's a tribe name, as well as well receive facial markings as part of their initiation into adulthood. The most common initiation pattern among males consists of six parallel horizontal lines, which are cut across the forehead, often with a dip in the lines above the nose. Part of the Dinka and Nuer, other ethnic groups, or apart from the of the Dinka and Nuer, other ethnic groups like the Shiluk and Mundari practice facial scarification, all with their unique style of lines and dots i don't know i think for real she has like arrows on this on her temples and Mm then um i saw that bull has some on his arm i think yeah i was just gonna ask i i couldn't remember if he had any on his face i I know real also has some on her arm because she says that she she got both just to survive basically exactly um yeah and to talk about that a little bit more um, most groups consider the facial scarification as part of their culture, whilst up to today, it is not clear if the facial scarification was part of culture before the colonization period, or if the British colonizers introduced it to differentiate, differentiate, differ, and 
differentiate differentiate <laughs> the different ethnic groups which i thought was interesting dr deng etam a medical specialist in kuajok says the head marks have become a death certificate nowadays in south sudan one of the reasons according to the doctor is that many dinka and nuwer were killed because they were able to identify each other through the traditional head markings so yeah so exactly what you said um so that's why it's so cringy that the doctor complimented her because she was like, bitch, I had to do this just to survive. I don't, I mm-hmm. mean, it, like I said, in some of the, in some of the cultures, it is a mark of beauty, but if you don't know that and you're like commenting on it, then it, it it's very cringy. Um, and Google's free. I just found that in one <laughs> website. <laughs> so there you go. And if you're, and also she's like talking to her as if she has treated other people um, that are in the same situation. You wouldn't think to just do a quick little search, Miss Doctor yeah. Lady. All right. So <laughs> Riel tells Bull about um, what the entity said to her. Um, I think at this, I, I go between calling it a demon, um, but I think she calls it a witch. I know it has a name that I found in like certain um, areas. But I can, what was it? Apeth. Apeth. Or Apeth. Oh. Uh, okay. A night witch. Oh, okay. So if I refer to it as a demon, know that I'm saying um, a witch. So um, she says that the witch told her that they don't belong there, that if they leave, um, they can be with their daughter. And after this is the part where I regretted um, watching this at 11.30 p.m. on a Monday night. <laughs> um, I, I didn't end up like being actually scarred by this movie, like really scared to the point where I couldn't sleep or that I keep thinking about it. Um, but it did freak me out at this moment where the kid is staring at him from the hallway. Mm. That scared the absolute shit out of me. And I have no idea. Like he ran out of the house after that shit happened. I have no idea how he ran back into the house well, or how we went back into the house. I would have been gone. Yeah, but I mean, in his shoes, because you were also in this scene too, where she's just like staring at him, like, oh, yeah. what the hell are you doing? <laughs> I would have been like, can I? I like his awkward smile. Damn couch. He's just like, <laughs> yeah, he's trying. <laughs> he's funny. I forgot how funny he is. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, in his perspective, you got to make it look like everything's normal for your neighbor. You got to fit yeah, in. That's true. So he's just like, bite the bullet, go through. Yeah. And he's been through some stuff. So, I mean, <laughs> Poor guy. Yeah. And then after this, after he freaks out, Rial's just waiting. This is my favorite part where she's like, she's waiting at the stairs and she's like, Well, I wish somebody would have warned you that there's a fucking witch in this house and she wants us to fucking leave. Uh, I wish somebody would have told you that. Hmm. <laughs> just that look she had where she was like, Well, you I fucking told you. Yeah, what the hell, bro? And then he says, you're right. So we got to start burning everything, including <laughs> the scarf that's on your head. <laughs> the necklace. So hard. Or the, yeah, the necklace. Oh, yeah. Everything. Oh. Even his shirt. But like, I don't, I don't get, like, why not all their clothes? I don't know. That, that, that I, I just was like, it didn't make sense. But I mean, it's the middle of the night. <laughs> And a witch is haunting them. So I doubt <laughs> logic is at the forefront of their mind right now. Just saying, Bull. 
That'll make sense. <laughs> so the next day, Bull gets some clothes at what looks like an H&M. <laughs> That's what Zvesh said. He was like, is he out of fucking H&M right now? Uh, um, and I hope you noticed the guard I that followed him as soon as he walked into the store. He was like on his magazine. He put it down and he was like, I got to follow this man. And I like too. I like that they didn't like that was the only instances of, of us like seeing that, you know, like he... We, we it was very clear what he was doing, but they didn't really pay too much attention to it. Like I thought he was gonna have a altercation with him, I so but too. like, but I like that they did that. That they made sure to to still keep him in a world that was very real. That that's very much something that would happen just based on how he looks, which is sad. But like I said, I, li- I like that they mentioned that or that they had that it's, it's real exactly um after this they i think real she says my favorite oh no no so after that he fixes up the house and he walks into the kitchen and real just whisper into the witch um i laughed so hard at that where she was just like <laughs> <laughs> he walks into the room like uh excuse me who are you talking to <laughs> Uh, and my favorite quote was Rial, what Rial says about why she's not scared of it. Um, she says, and I, I'm pra- paraphrasing here, that after all the shit that they've gone through and all the things that they've seen men do, you think a couple of bumps in the night scare me? Man, that that line delivery, perfect. What so a boss good. move. I, miss, I know, the same she, shit. And she kind of like... She keeps that same energy throughout. Yeah. Where she's she, like, she's about it. Yeah. She's like, I don't, f- I, she just looks annoyed, <laughs> which I love. And I've always, you know what? That I think that's why I love this movie so much. Cause I've always said that. Yeah. I've always said, if I get haunted by a witch, I think I would, or a demon, I would be just so annoyed. I was just about to say I'd be that. so pissed. Like, uh, get over it already. Like, can you, can you wait? You know, like I, I'm, we just moved here. Can we settle in? Can we give up? Can we get a fucking moment to breathe? Yeah, that'd be my mood. I'd just be so pissed. <laughs> so very relatable. Um, and the animation, I just want to take a note about the animation and the makeup is so cool. It's so good. I don't know. I, and I think the big marker for me, at least there were some moments where I could tell that it was like CGI, but for the most part, whenever the they're attacking him with like the really cool like light trick where he the light is turned off and then he can see them he turns it back Lights on out. but then like yeah but it's like it does it a really inventive way oh it's, it's like not especially huh? when when the daughter turns on the light and then turns oh it my off God. cuz like like how you said at this point there the like nightmares have only been in the dark and she's there in the light yeah it's like oh shit it's like uh you're not supposed to do that (laughs) but that is the turn of like kind of i mean lights out maybe not the movie itself but that short film it kind Mm. of it did that insidious thing but then this one i think this movie did reinvent it in a way that was very like it it didn't seem derivative I, i i definitely thought of it after but the way they did it was so smart where there was like it played with two different light switches mm-hmm. on opposite sides of the room. The fact that he was in the room with the entities, the fact that um he could still hear it moving, like he could see the footprints. Oh, uh, the footprints. In the light that he could hear them. Yeah, that it just I think also too because 
at least in the short film, they're separated by rooms. Like one of them is in the hallway and she's in the room, but they're in the same room and it's very claustrophobic. So I feel like there's just different ways. That's what I mean by there's different ways you could, you could do that insidious scare, but you would just have to do it so differently. And this movie does it very well. Oh, well the short, the short, now I'm thinking about it. The way it ends is actually really cool. Kind of similar to how they, she does a light switch where he, yeah. he does a, the yank. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I mean, like you said, it, it's really hard to like to be original, but there's ways that you can change it, and maybe maybe even just changing the setting of the movie, just having it being a, a movie about um loss and about grief, grief, and about being a refugee, the experience of being a refugee, like that stuff. It, I feel like that. Maybe that sets it differently. Maybe that's the inventive thing where you can do the insidious scare, but it's it's a different setting. So it's totally like not the same. I don't know. That's not for me to decide. But anyways, um, and I do. So this is the moment where I do want to talk about how much I love that this story is being told through a horror film. Yeah, because to me and I think what we're both kind of talking about is that the intense trauma that bull and real went through. And just at this moment, we only know parts of it, um, that how much it is affecting them, um, is served so well, like being able to see that is served so well through this genre. And I mean, I think you could do that with drama or with uh, like comedy, like with other means, but this just feels so effective. And as somebody, like we said before, that can't, we can't identify at all with what this, what this couple is going through. Um, I think we do have maybe just a little bit of a better understanding about them and about their situation and what kind of, what that kind of trauma does to a person. Because yeah, this whole survivor's guilt, like that, like everything, it just feels so elevated and it does feel like dramatized. Like, I, like at the end, I'm getting ahead of myself but at the end where Bull says, maybe I was just being a bit dramatic. Like, I love when he says that because this movie and horror film just, it does feel very dramatic. Like if you've seen the movie Relic, that's about um, dementia. It's a, it is a very dramatic way to tell this story but it is a dramatic thing that's happening and i think the only way to to sort of show to show people rather than tell them is through a movie like this yeah there's a lot of interesting imagery yeah there's a lot of interesting like ideas like just just with horror i feel like a lot of i mean you said this earlier a lot of scary movies are shifting towards this where uh, they're more based in not so much, oh, there's a scary guy. Oh, uh, no, Mr. Scary Guy, stop it. It's yeah. It's based in real, like, uh, themes, real, real stuff. Uh, and I think that's, yeah. Uh, for me, I really like movies like those because not only are you scared and you think about that because I'll, I'll think about movies that genuinely scared me, but they also teach you stuff yeah and it, i mean it and it if you want to be truly scared by a movie then that's the way to do it yeah i mean not to say that a movie like blair witch isn't scary yeah but was it teacher like a, a witch is scary right but like i mean i'm not i know they're not real well i don't know i, I, I choose <laughs> to believe they're not real oh god the light you see how the light keeps like shift going on and off 
never mind. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, but like, you know what I mean? Like that is kind of easy in your mind to just put away yeah. or to, comp- to compartmentalize. But a movie like Hereditary, where it's teaching you that the sh- like fucked up shit that's happening throughout your family, like mental health, for example, there are certain things that are genetic and you can't escape it. It's going to happen to you. <laughs> It's, like that shit, that's hard to, I mean, that movie is scary, but that movie is like the, the way that it's trying to teach you something is fucking scary, but that's how it feels when you're going through something like that. It does feel, I mean, the very few movies that I can watch and that I can identify with, this is not one of them, but as speaking, like thinking about one that I can, it is very scary. Yeah. And to, to a certain point, at least for me, I love movies like this. It sounds weird, but I love watching movies like this because at least I I can't speak to the, to being an asylum seeker, but at least to the movies I'm thinking of, it feels kind of comforting that somebody made, went out of their way to make this movie to show you, I know what you're going through and I'm trying to tell other people. And it does feel weirdly comforting that people are telling you, yeah, it's scary. Yeah. It's okay though. You'll be fine, but it's scary. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes you need that. But yeah, I just love, yeah, I love horror films and I love this. I love that horror is evolving to that, to these movies that are going through like, like we can't just have, we can't just be scared of a demon anymore. It has to be, it has to be reflective of your, your intense traumas (laughs) that you experienced. (laughs) They're hitting you with it. (laughs) <laughs> all right so after this bull goes back to the social worker from the beginning mark um to tell him that the house is just not working out <laughs> um but the guy is not really at any help he tells them that them leaving just will not bode well for his case um and that it'll show them that they're not adapting well. And Bill's like, oh, no, we are adapting well. It's the house. And then we hear in the background where people are, some of the guys are like, well, that house is bigger than mine. Bigger than mine. Nobody fucking asked you. How, is it big enough to house a witch? Do you want the witch to be living on your fucking couch? No. Come on. He just leaves. It's so funny. Yeah. Well, not after just absolutely destroying <laughs> his, his glass cup. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought he like threw something. Yeah, that's what or, I like, thought. Dropped it. That's what I thought too. I thought it was a window. He must have been gripping hard. I, I don't blame him. Um, and after that, they go to the house um, <laughs> and they see all of the holes in the wall. I love when they uh, the when bull the way bull sitting on the on the couch. Yeah, how he has his hands on his knees. And it's so funny because Real comes in, is like, "Oh, did you tell him about the witch?" Like all nonchalant. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I go. Like begs them not to report it because he does not want to go back. And then they they start to agree. They're like, fine. Mark's like, it's okay. Well, we won't say anything. You just gotta fix it. And the other guy's like, what? And then we all walks out. <laughs> oh, one more thing. Did he mention the ghosts? That's uh that's so funny. Oh, so and then she's wearing like uh like a gown kind of thing, and it just it, <laughs> Mark is like, what? oh god but this is the perfect time that we need to pause and talk about um Rial's performance or the actress's name is Wunmi oh god damn it Wunmi Musaku sorry Wunmi Musaku um her performance is 
fucking amazing. She's so damn good on this movie. I think they both are, but to me, she stands out. She's like, even the looks that she gives to him mm-hmm. when she, like at this point, whenever she's, um, she said, she tells him, I'm going to go back because we don't belong here. And Bull's like, we, we, I don't want to, we should be staying here. And she, like the looks that she gives him to basically tell him that the fact that he wants to be so much like Mark and like, you know, all the, all the other people that are, all the other white people that are living there is pretty pathetic. <laughs> like the, she just like, and the, the fucking daggers of the look that she's giving mm-hmm. him is, is cutting through him. It's like, Oh, she's so good in this movie. Um, but he's not really phased by her and he's even, it seems like he's even more determined to keep her in that house. So he fucking locks her in. He, he goes, he does the most. He he messes he up the house even has. more. Yeah. <laughs> it, so it really stressed me out. <laughs> so <what laughs> like, please stop do? breaking shit. Um, and then he decides he's going to talk to the damn witch and he, the witch tells him to cut open his flesh. Just casual cut open your flesh to sacrifice yourself for your daughter um and then he sees his daughter in the sea and an octopus crawls out <laughs> of her mouth which is my actual nightmare that act that scared the shit out of me um and i looked at sebastian and i said well i can't wait to dream about that tonight <laughs> i didn't but it's gonna happen i already yeah, know it'll it. happen tonight because um, you're talking about yeah, it probably we all escapes um as I think as Bull's like in a trance um, and when she gets outside, she's suddenly in Sudan. It's very, I mean, I like that they, they did this. It feels even for the viewer, it felt like very, what's, oh, I keep saying jarring, but kind of like that where I was like, where the fuck is she? Yeah. Cause then I had to remember like, is that what the outside looks like? It doesn't. <laughs> um, and after she realizes that she's dreaming, I, this sequence is so, so good where she's sitting there mm. and she's like, She's not as, you know, she's not screaming or she's not having as, as bad of a time as Bull is. <laughs> she's just like, <laughs> like a, I gotta go. Yeah, she's like surrounded by a bunch of women. And I think it's, it looks like a classroom. I don't really know what it is. But um, and yeah, she realized she's dreaming and she walks out of the classroom. There, it's There's this really, the imagery in this scene is very, it feels very dreamlike in the way that it feels like kind of a nightmare like that when i'm remembering it now it feels like i dreamed it does that make sense yeah where she because it's very non-linear where she's sitting in the group and then we see her standing up and she's like standing weird and she's looking at something and then we see bull coming in and when they walk out he's like we gotta go and they walk out and the, all the women that were there are like all like shot dead well, on the floor yeah well she was in the she was in the cabinet oh yeah that's what it was but when she got out she was like standing weird and i don't know why that just felt i just love how they did that because it, it felt like they like accessed a part of my brain that like was <laughs> a dream i don't i don't know how to describe it yeah. hopefully somebody knows what i'm saying i don't know I'm scared <laughs> but yeah it just feels like i like those like w- when you it's kind of like an inception where he asks her, like, do you remember how we got here? And she's like, no. And he's like, we're in a fucking dream, bitch. Like, that's why it just feels like that where I'm like, how the fuck did we get here? Um, after this, we see this. I was not expecting this next part at all. 
So we see what really happened when they left Sudan. Um, Cause we, at the beginning, we didn't see the full part of it. I think we kind of filled in the blanks and they did it for us too. Um, but they did have little East, not Easter eggs, but they did leave little clues in the beginning where he says, Bull says that he wants to start a family and she, and I get, think the audience were like, you had a family, you asshole, <laughs> you know, like, it's like, you know, <laughs> there's like little things that happen or she tells this story about somebody stealing. And she says, she, when she talks about the house, she mentions that they keep their stealing it. You know, she just mentioned stealing a lot. And so now we know why. So they, whenever they were trying to leave on this bus, um, they were only letting children on people with children on. And so bull just took a child. He just found a child next to him. And he said, this is our child. But after they left, the mom was running towards her and we were like, Oh fuck, that's not their kid. (laughs) So he just took their kid, somebody else's kid. Then after that, Riel promised the child she was going to protect her, but then they lost her at sea and she died. And yeah, I, the fact that they, it's, they didn't lose their child. They lost somebody else's child. Just really shook me. Um, he basically killed her. I mean, who knows what would have happened if. Yeah, she might've died, but like it wasn't hit. That was not his thing to his, he, it wasn't his path to choose. He he chose it. it, And it really did make me see Bull in a whole new way. Yeah. Where, <laughs> the witch was like, just, she, she, the witch told Rial, just give me Bull's flesh and then we can bring her back. And I was like, oh, I don't know if that's a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I, at the beginning, but, um, I felt bad for Bull because I was like, he's he's really trying. He's trying. Yeah. He, he was like, he was adapting. He went to that bar and was singing those football songs. Oh, yeah. Uh, but after this, it's just like, it's hard to be on his side. And I love when movies do that. Yes. Switch it on us. Like, because then you also saw yourself, at least for me, I saw myself being kind of upset at Rial where like, I understand, I understand where she's coming from. Um, but he, it seemed like he was trying to do the best with what they have, but then like the way that she is so disgusted by him and the movie, it, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So, but I don't know, either way, it's still hard. But even then, after thinking about it now, like after the movie, it's hard to judge him for that because like, who's to say I wouldn't do that? I want to, I want to say now I wouldn't. He's in, he he was put in a very, very rough situation. Exactly. And he wasn't doing it selfishly either. I mean, well, he, he was, but he also was doing it for his wife. So like, I don't, I don't know. And maybe he he could have thought like that he was going to save that kid. I don't think he thought he thought he would, you know, the kid would die. So like you just, I don't know. You just, I don't know if you can judge that, but I did <laughs> <laughs> and I feel bad anyway. So, um, so yeah, so she's contemplating it. I think it looks like she is where she walks to the window or to the sink and She's, it looks like she's thinking about if she's going to do it or not, but we don't get to tell if she is because he does it for her. Um, and I think after that, like, I, I, I think I only had like a few minutes where I was like, fuck bull. But then I was like, you know, like he, he sacrificed himself for the girl. So yeah. like, it's, it's hard to hate him. He, he came, um, yeah, he realized his mistake at the end. Like, he was ready to sacrifice himself for it. And the way the demon 
just came out of the ground Oof. and <laughs> tried to, it was just like straight into his wound because he cut him his like forearm, top of his forearm. And Demon oh, was like, I just dug in. <laughs> talk about the CGI. When the demon gets his hand in the 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 wound and wraps his hand around the, his like I, I wrist. To puke. <laughs> Jesus Christ, it was bad. Just the way, like when he, I hate to like do graphic imagery, but the way he just like at the very beginning when he just dug his fingers mm. into the fucking flesh. Oh my God. But that imagery though is so powerful to the grief. Like he's letting... He's letting the grief take him, right? He's letting the, his demons take him. Yeah. And the only, not the only way, but a great way to show that is through that, is to show that gory, gory image. And I think maybe some people, for some movies, it feels like too aggressive. But I think for this movie and the purpose it's trying to serve, it's perfect. Yeah, it was it was I'll reaching this point. I'll never forget that image ever. <laughs> It looked like a knot in his in his wrist. Oh, and those fingers. Ugh. Even his face, because you know, it, when he meets, when he talks to Bull, oh. all you see is his eyes in the shadows. Yeah. Then you see his face. And then face. when he talks to Rial, they never really. I don't think he really he shows his face. No. We got Voldemort. And then oh. I was gonna make a joke, but I don't. Uh, mm. Never mind. I'll just move on. <laughs> Okay. I was going to say, and then Mitch McConnell just crawls out <laughs> from the floor. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Keep it in. Fuck Mitch McConnell. All right. So, ta -ta. so as the demon takes him, the girl, she does come back to Rial. Um, she holds her hand, but then um, Rial, I think she has like a flashback of of her and the girl in Sudan. And then she just decides that she, she lets go of her hand and she kills the demon to save bull. Um, and in the end, after that horrific night, um, Mark and the other workers, they come back to take pictures and see that everything is, I mean, I said that it was looking okay, but it still looks rough. It's like all patchy, but it's not, there's no holes in the wall. So like, whatever. Um, and I do want to, I wrote what Bull says at the end, what he says to Mark, um, when Mark asked if the witch was still there, I think in like, he was like joking, asking him that, um, but Bull says, your ghosts follow you. They never leave. They live with you. It's when I let them in, I could start to face myself. Dang. Bull's got bars. Yeah. And I hate, I, <laughs> bars. I hate when movies are like kind of hit it too, you know, nail it too much on the head. But like that was that I think that's a perfect way to put it. It kind of it doesn't leave it too much to interpretation. He's like, I had to face it. I and we did it and we're fine. Um, And I but I do want to like have a question about this is probably a stupid question. But after this, we see a really powerful image of like after they leave of Bull and Rial like standing in their house and a bunch of other um, I think spirits or people are standing there with them. Are those the people, those are the people in the boat, right? Well, it it's them, but it's also the people that all died in the classroom with Rial. I'm oh, okay. sure all the people who didn't make it on the bus. I think it's just everyone who didn't survive. Oh, who didn't. Okay. That makes sense. 
because I, like we said, it brings up a great theme that I hadn't noticed until the very end mm-hmm. about survivor's guilt. I mean, I obviously noticed like, you know, the demons and what happened to them, but I think a huge part of it was the survivor's guilt. Um, especially, I mean, I think it's, it's very much multiplied by the fact that they stole a girl and then she died. Yeah. Um, but it does feel like something very realistic that a lot of refugees deal with. And like we said, something that we can't identify with where you are grateful. Like it's, it's the, the conflict that they had where they're, they're grateful to have this new chance, but it's this new chances is stained by so much blood that they experience and that they had to go through and that no, that other people that are in that house, the other spirits in that house that they can't experience. But I guess the other side of that is that Bull and Real get to bring that. They, they, it's, it's kind of like, this is a weird movie to bring up, but like in Coco, when, when they, you know, when they said that they, the people move on to the other side, um, are they not the other side, but they, they get lost when people, oh. when the last person that remembered them died. And that kind of made me think of this where even though these people, they can't bring these people back. I mean, who's to say if Riel could have actually brought her back, but the fact that they are alive and they can, and they remember and they can tell these people's stories and that they remember what happened to them. I think that's a really important piece of this. And I, I just really love that they showed that. Yeah. And hopefully people that are going through that, um, in any sort of survivor's guilt that you realize that you're, you shouldn't feel guilty I mean, I'm not, this is not going to solve it, but you shouldn't feel guilty for, um, for being the one that survived, especially when you, when you have the purpose to like share the story with other people. Yeah. Like through like a movie like this. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, (laughs) that's the great thing about movies. Show all the, all the stories, tell all the stories. And I guess a really good question that we're left with, at least I found, was that is if I don't and I don't know if it matters, we don't have to answer it, but is if this actually happened or if it was all in their head. Because for me, I don't I, I used to I first thought that it was all in their head and that it's clear to say that. But one thing that makes me question if it actually was in their head was at the end when they when mark comes like mark and the other people come there's a a carpet over the sinkhole yeah so how else could that have happened if not for the witch (laughs) i don't know i mean if it was in their head they probably did something to make that but i i like to think that it, it uh it really happened because that yeah. makes the movie, uh, I don't know. That's an interesting question that, uh, I mean, who's to, who's to say if the director even wants us to ask that <laughs> or if that's even relevant, but like, I just thought it was interesting, especially when they made a point to show the carpet being covered Yeah, or the, the sequel <clears throat> being covered. Yeah. That's, well, I don't remember. Is she, wearing the necklace at the end because he burns the necklace but then it gets brought back to her she was wearing the, the necklace so that's the only thing because like I'm, I'm trying to think if there's any we other can't see if we can't see if bull has a bandage either that's true and he has long sleeves but if you see real her one of her arms has a bandage hanging out of it 
Damn. I don't know. It's just something to think about. Do you want to? Okay. Last thing. I don't have any fun facts because the IMDb didn't have any. Um, but do you want to do what prop would you steal? I don't know. <laughs> I'd take the necklace. Ooh, I take the doll. That doll's creepy. Exactly. <laughs> Add it to my collection. I have a voodoo doll, so I'll just put it next to it. Spot on. Yeah. Well, his All house. Right. I like that. I, I very good. Oh yeah, let's do final thoughts. What did you think? I like it. I like movies that will teach me something. And I, I like I said, it's a, it's in that genre where it's a horror movie that combines something that is traditionally scary, like a demon or a witch, but it pairs it with something that new that new new scary movie stuff where it's like <laughs> it's there's real stuff. We're talking real stuff here. Survivors yeah. in this case, so. I enjoyed this, even though it was kind of a slow burn, uh, but I liked it. I loved it. I love movies that start out really scary. And then when you get to, it's kind of like the unknown, right? So if you're talking about mental illness, where you you know something's wrong, you don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. And that's what this movie, like the beginning is so terrifying. But once you start to, once they start to realize and kind of recognize that the issues are what they dealt with in the past and the demons are just this, the shit that they had to deal with and the people that they um, left behind, that it became a little less scary. Mm-hmm. Still like rough, <laughs> but a lot less scary. Yeah. Um, so I love movies like that. And I, I just love watching movies um, from other perspectives, like we said. Um, to watch a horror movie about, like, I, I, yeah, I just love that we got to watch a horror movie about the experience of a refugee from South Sudan. Like, that's very specific, but it still feel, felt very um, universal. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So what are you watching next? If you say, if you say a fucking animated movie, Anthony. I know you told me at the beginning, but I totally forgot what it was. <laughs> Flushed away. I'm just playing. <laughs> oh Flushed away is coming. <laughs> I'm letting you know that will be a movie that I will pick. Just give me a month, please. I will. We're going to be watching Burning Cane. It's on Netflix. It came out in 2019. Here's the synopsis. <laughs> An aging mother who lives in the cane fields of rural Louisiana is torn between her religious convictions and the love of her son. Ooh. I don't think I've ever heard of this movie before. Me neither. But it is very short. <laughs> Only 77 minutes long. So an hour and 10 for love you. Love a short one. For you folk. <sighs> so watch it. Thank you. I was doing the mental math. <laughs> so watch it. Netflix. Burning Cane, his house, this right. episode. Good one. <laughs> Weird episode. I don't know how to feel about this one. I think it's great. <laughs> Goodbye, y'all. Have a good one. Bye. <laughs>